Welcome to No Challenges Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg, joined by my dear friend Courtney Nguyen. Hi, Courtney. Hello, Benjamin. This is going to be a short little episode, sort of a, a, a tee-up episode for our next episode, which we th- thought needed some context or some background to appreciate better. So this week is a big red-letter anniversary in the history of women's professional tennis. It's 50 years on Tuesday since the creation of the the formation the the birth I don't know what the ver- verb the, the noun is for it's it. always yeah it's it's kind of a how you phrase it is always very specific the but yeah conception the the Power Rangers togetherness of the original nine the nine women who signed on with Gladys Heldman of World Tennis Magazine to form what became the Virginia Slims Tour which then became the WTA Tour eventually as you know the Tour basically the WTA was formed a few years later but Courtney you've been doing a lot of stuff working the WTA on the 50th anniversary coming up. I've been prepping for it for a long time. It's been a date circled for a long time. Indeed. Can you just try to explain to people why this is such a, a milestone, people who might not be familiar with the original nine. Sure. Yeah. So September 23rd, 1970 is, yes, the, the 50th anniversary, uh, 50 years ago, I should say, of when the original nine signed their $1 contract, a symbolic $1 contract, to be fair, with Gladys Heldman to p- break away effectively and for- and play um, the Houston Uh, Virginia Slim's Houston Invitational. So it was really a $1 contract to play that singular tournament. Mm. And, you know, over the course of, and I think that to get a a good sense, I guess, for, you know, the modern generation of folks, I mean, a good baseline is is to watch Battle of the Sexes. I think that that gives you a little bit of insight into the what and the why. Although what has been really, really eye-opening for me, you know, getting to talk to most of the women for various podcast projects for the WTA is just how much more detail there is in kind of explaining what exactly was at stake, mm. what they actually risked, and why things had to happen the way that they happened. You know, it wasn't just like somebody came up with an idea of like, let's sign these $1 contracts. There was very much the DNA of tennis, of being a sport that is dealing with multiple federations, multiple entities, conflicts of interest, um, latent and patent misogyny, you know, a lot of like old men in white in, in back rooms, you know, making decisions as to whether or not they found the women's product to be a viable one yeah. um, and choosing whether they wanted to lock it out or not. And, you know, and what these women, these nine women plus Gladys Heldman, kind of came to a decision to do. And the more that I've been able to do the research, both both in talking to the women themselves, but then also doing my own archival research, there's a great WTA Insider podcast um, with an archived interview with Gladys Heldman, which was um, given to us by the International Tennis Hall of Fame, which is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And I really highly recommend people take it, give it a listen because it- We'll link it it, in the description of it. Yeah, just it, because- one of the things that I have realized is that 50 years on from that event, a lot of the stories are very similar. In other words, like at least with the the members of the original line that I spoke to, you know, there are definitely talking points. There are definitely significant moments and they kind of get reiterated. It's kind of perfect for my oral history project that I'm working on. Um, they kind of get reiterated from different points of view. And what and but 50 years have also moved on and, and some of them are not maybe as strident 
with their language and how they describe things and the events of the time. and mm-hmm. Or they just take it for granted, like, oh, everybody's heard this story a gazillion times. So, you know, they just kind of gloss over details that you actually really, really would be interested in. And what the Gladys interview is, because it's from 1979 when she was inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame, um, and she's the only member of that original nine plus one plus Gladys, who is not still with us. So getting this interview was so important. But you get a snapshot of 1979, this woman, how strong she was, how differently the language she uses to describe the situation is from how people talk about it now. So she's she's probably the most open about like the men hated us like yeah. you know and we're blocking us and I didn't and you know and but she doesn't say it in this kind of she doesn't use like feminist language about it or women's lib language like I don't know it's very interesting I just I found that to be one of the most important pieces of the whole project um and the most enlightening to me as someone who's done a lot of women's tennis history digging stuff in the last three sure. four years like I had never heard Gladys talk that was a rare coup and I remember even seeing an interview looking this was the closest I could come to to Gladys research when Sarah Silverman was talking about researching the role of playing Gladys in the movie Battle of the Sexes, which came out a few years ago, she was saying they couldn't find any copies of Gladys's voice for her to to imitate. And so, yeah, so this was a pretty, pretty cool find. Yeah. So like I said, the description, I listened to that today for the first time. It was, it was cool. And yeah, it, it, you know, it's funny because like they ask her like a pretty open-ended question, like talk about what happened in 1970. And she, <laughs> she goes, she goes and the interviewer's like, okay, I, ha- I don't even have an excuse to tell you. I'm just going to cut you off here. Cause you've been talking for too long. That was literally the thing too. It wasn't even like, this is a good segue moment or anything. It was just no. like, you've been talking too long. We need to stop now. And I need to ask a question. <laughs> she was, she, I mean, but all of it was good. It was not really blathery in any way. It's just like, she just had a lot to say and was telling the whole story. And yeah. So, so Gladys got into the hall of fame in 1979, largely for her, foundational role in women's tennis as being a contributor. She also was the publisher and creator of World Tennis Magazine, which was the big force thing in the 50s, 60s, 70s, into 80s, I think, of tennis. If you can find any old copies, if you're ever at the Tennis Hall of Fame, if you're ever at a, a good university library or something that has copies of this around, it's really cool. Like, tennis writing, I say this as a tennis writer, speaking to another tennis writer, was so much better back so in the 70s. They had, they had way better so access. Better. They had, like, more colorful stories. I mean, the the... the politics of everything are confusing in terms of like which especially looking back like which tour worked for which especially if you get into the men's side too which actually had even more alphabet soup going on and more different competing tours going on at the same time and stuff but things were were messy and there was this but within that mess this became a really clear red letter symbolic moment and you've everyone's seen the photos of the nine women holding up the one dollar bill. Interesting footnote to that. Actually, Gladys is one of the women in the photo because Julie Heldman is not in the photo. So the woman in the sunglasses, the lower right of the photo, is actually Gladys right. Heldman, not Julie, who was there in Houston but was injured, wasn't playing the tournament. So sort of a different way of an eight plus one. But yeah, it was interesting. I, I'm one question I have for you, Courtney, before we tee up why we're the next episode we're doing. Did the do you get the sense of the original nine? Because Gladys never uses the phrase original nine or even really the number nine, I don't think, in the interview for the Hall of Fame I was noticing. Do you know when this was sort of started to recognize as like a huh, like this was actually like this was the moment or this is the group because that they have is been, a great they have, question. They have been, uh, that's a tough question. Sorry if that's a stumper, but they have been treated as a unit. I mean, one of the first tournaments I covered for the times uh, was at 2012 in Charleston when they Charleston, had yeah. a reunion of the original nine, which was, I was lucky enough to go to the banquet. It was one of the things I really wish it had been kind of a little later in my career. So I would understand like how huge it was to be there for that. That was a really cool time. That was the most recent reunion, I believe of all nine of the nine. Yeah. 
So yeah. yeah. So how 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 do they sort of operate now as a as a group? I guess. Yeah. No, sense. that's a great question. I think that I would. I mean, I on Monday I will send an email to the WT Legends <laughs> guru within the tour, Adam Lincoln, uh, and ask him because you're you're right. I mean, as far as I can remember at least for the cover for becoming a tennis writer and covering the tour the original nine has been a singular body you know the whole recognition of the Virgi- of the virginia slims invitational in houston and that september 23 1970 date really i guess in a lot of ways has been a relatively recent uh, packaging I suppose like like WTA, we kind of call it Independence Day. Mm. I'm pretty sure unless I'm confusing dates, it's very possible. And I hope that I haven't. But I'm pretty sure that summer 23 is considered Independence Day for us. And unless it's the, the 1973 date of the formation of the WTA, but I'm con- I could be confusing both. But but it's a really big deal. I think that that's part of it is there has been a push, I know, and a suggestion, you know, at the International Tennis Hall of Fame of getting the original nine into the Hall of Fame and under the yeah. rules before they were changed within the last year, they could not be admitted, like, because as a group, they could be ad- admitted individually. And, and quite a few of them are in the Hall of Fame as individuals for their playing career. But I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, the WTA and, and other organizations wanted to see them, you know, in there for their work as the original nine, as effectively the founding mothers of women's professional tennis. So obviously to kind of get that to happen, you know, you you do begin to repackage things that way. So maybe that's a thing, but I don't, I genuinely don't have an answer for you. I don't know when it started. No, I was I was just sort of wondering that. Listen to the interview, like, because the nomenclature has changed, and it's obviously gotten. And this happens with history too. I mean, people, you know, we didn't call it world. This is a bad example. We didn't call it World War One until there was a second one. You know, so (laughs) history has to change names for things or whatever. Anyway, well, have you? You should do a search through like Lexus. I could do that. Yeah, that would make sense for the first the first mention of original nine. A good idea. The nine women who are. In the original nine are Peaches Barkowitz, Rosie Casals, Judy Dalton, Julie Heldman, Billie Jean King, Carrie Melville, Nancy Ritchie, Valerie Siegenfuss, and the one who you're going to hear from on our next episode, dramatically saved for the last, the youngest member of the original nine in terms of superlatives, uh, Christy Pigeon, who, Courtney, you actually recommended, you recommended I speak to her (laughs) after, because you've been talking to a bunch of them for this project. And also, I should point out people keen and see our listeners will remember we had julie heldman on the show two years ago i believe yeah two years ago yeah, when, when her she, book came out when her book came out driven a daughter's odyssey i believe was subtitled that she was on the show i will put a link to that in this description too uh she was great and yeah. so she and she talked a lot about the history about her mother and her mother's legacy and their complicated relationship and everything involved there but christy you recommended for being on the show again and i will say one thing that made me really excited about the idea of having christy is that billy jean in many of her interviews and we've talked to billy jean a lot over the years never on ncr maybe someday, but over the years at various times. And she's always been really big on wanting the rest of the nine to get more attention. She's like, people talk to me too much. We only talk about more of the rest of the nine. So I was, for that sort of cause, I was relatively happy to have someone who might seem like a relatively random member of the original nine, or at least like not a, not the most notable per se, not the most famous, but one who's, and thankfully they're all still alive, which is no yeah. small feat for some, a group that formed 50 years ago. Christy Pigeon on here. And what was what was it that you enjoyed so much about your chat with Christy, which I believe is up also now? Uh, not yet. Okay. Uh, hopefully, hopefully will be by the time this episode is is done. Uh, this NCR episode is up, uh, the, so yeah, it'll be well, a double. The, ours ours will be yeah, this little preview might be up before yours, but the yeah, there you the, go. Yeah, ours will be on Tuesday. 
Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, I think that for the reasons that you described, that's why I recommended Christy, obviously, because like, yeah, it was the first time I had spoken to her. I didn't know very much about her, to be quite honest, outside of basic biographical information when I got on the phone with her. And I ended up probably being on the phone with her for about 90 minutes. And this is for a 30 minute you know, podcast, but mm-hmm. it ended up being that she's originally from the city, one of the cities that's right next to mine. So we had kind of this Bay Area connection. And she just ended up being, as you mentioned, she was the youngest of the original nine. In a lot of ways, she's the one I found that embodied that rebellious spirit in a way that I recognize. Like, I recognize it, for example, Billie Jean and Rosie and uh, Judy Dalton are rebels. You know, because I understand conceptually they're going up against an institution and they're making this rebellious decisions. But there was something about talking to Christy Pigeon that it was like kind of that bridge from a kind of older, the perception of an of an older kind of feminist to a little bit of of a younger one who grew up in the Bay Area, who grew up uh, in my um episode with with Rosie Casals, which is also coming up soon. But she kind of we kind of bonded over the Bay Area aspect as well. And it had just kind of come up around the time that I'd spoken to Christy. And I was like, is it just a Bay Area thing? I mean, three of the original not four, I think of the original nine are Californians. I think Valerie as well. And Billy. Yeah. Billy, Rosie, Christy. We talked about that on our episode too, just that she was living and studying at Berkeley. And yep. that being obviously Berkeley in the late 60s being what it was in terms of this like super liberal century. Betty Friedan gets name dropped in here. Oh, yeah. I and mean, she yeah, does it yeah. so organically. Yeah. And so like this is just the air that she breathes and the, yeah. the DNA that that has been coded on her. So I just found that so refreshing because Rosie's like very like, I mean, I played at the public courts at Golden Gate Park. Like we were walking around in the hate Ashbury. You smelled weed everywhere left and right. People are protesting the war. Of course I was going to be like, you know, like screw the yeah. system. Like it, that's just how, you know, and so as a ba- as a fellow Bay Area kid, woman, I should say. Yeah, there was a little bit of kind of a wink wink. Like this is just kind of how we are, <laughs> um, how we grow up out here. But yeah, so I just found her so refreshing. I found that I, yeah, and her voice hasn't really been heard in terms of her story and her take on on everything. So yeah, so I'm really excited to to, to hear your discussion with Christy because I thought she was great, and I, I, I you've heard the raw file of my yeah. interview with her, but I it's I think it's pretty clear that both of us probably could have kept going for like another like two hours just pick each other's brains about yeah different things, which was really really fun. Yeah, you guys in your interview, I don't know if it's gonna make it to probably will not make it to final cut because I'm not sure why it would, but you have a whole sidebar tangent where you're both discussing about why women saw. <laughs> for example has lagged behind right. and i think we do christy and i haven't i haven't edited this episode yet but it'll be pretty unedited just in terms of cleaning up the audio or whatever from her cell phone in idaho which had remarkably strong signal for what it was you know talking about the, you know the other things in the world and, and she's a uh yeah she's a pretty fascinating person to hear and, oh, and was, she's plugged in yeah i mean like she oh, yeah. hasn't checked out like she's still doing you know foundational work she basically kind of left the tour and went and finished her degree at berkeley and then kind of has continued to live her life trying to make a difference like a practical hands-on difference in her own you know section of the world and i think that that again like there's just something about her that is so in my head kind of like a light bulb of like of course you were one of the original nine like you were built for that like completely like you know is there is there last thing before we wrap up this little mini show? Is there anything else in your besides the Gladys interview in your coverage that's out so far, maybe that yeah. um, you would want people to especially check out or to, to see? 
Yeah, no, I mean, we definitely have like more episodes kind of coming up. We're going to the celebration of the original nine is kind of ongoing for the next year for a variety of reasons. So there's even extended through to Australian Open. Um, There's a whole rollout window there as well, because obviously two members, two very significant members of the original nine, Judy Dalton and Carrie Melville-Reed. our Aussies and and I think will be honored and and it's again it, it's it's a very amusing thing that I'm finding at the moment and this happened during the U.S. Open as well because there was the one night of the women's semifinals where the original nine were were celebrated they had the band the the banners skiffs or skit whatever tarps, those things yeah, are called. whatever they are they're, they're tarps. Cool. Um, I don't know why I said skiff. It's not a skiff. That's a, a intelligence term. <laughs> <laughs> Secure confidential information area or something. I think skiff anyway, might be some sort of sailing term too. That might not be wrong. It's definitely a skiff. Yeah, that is too. But like, I think a skiff. There's like a. It's like a CIA FBI term as well. It's like the okay. the, the, the room. Go. It's a secure room that. Can, anyways, but um, again, to underline and this this you were mentioning my conversation that that my tangent with Christy Pigeon about women's soccer and the pair the pay disparity in women's soccer. And I think that the reason why I feel like so annoyed with it all the time and a little and I think Christy Pigeon got this as well, is just that like it's I don't know if people really understand what these women gave up or risked signing that one dollar contract. And it becomes very clear in the Gladys Heldman episode. It becomes clear in the Judy Dalton episode, which which is out, which I highly recommend everyone listen to because she, first of all, who doesn't love an Aussie accent? Oh, yeah. But also just this quiet kind of no duh. Like I mean, I was just born a rebel. Like and it, yeah. and Judy Dalton's just like yeah, she's just such a she's just such a broad like an Aussie. Like she's just like yeah, just like this strong lady. I love it. But it's funny because you know you have the the USTA doing all of this, and you and it's easy to. Forget that 50 years before the USLTA, which was the predecessor to the USTA, threatened to ban these women. They set up a separate tour where they got Chris Everett and Yvonne Goolagong and Virginia Wade and Margaret Court to play on that tour to kind of basically try to scab the original nine tour, the Virginia Slims of like these. We have the stars. Who the heck do you guys have? And it's like, well, they have Billy. So. Yeah. <laughs> and Rosie, who were already contract pros at the time. And then, yeah, and then Tennis Australia, one of the funny things is if you can go to the, I, I don't know if there's an easy way to find it, but on the WTA website, I did an interview with, with Judy Dalton uh, in January. And it's the same interview as I did on podcast. I just use it. I just use the audio. So it's the same. But content wise, it was so funny because we were filming it in the media center at the Australian Open in the room where the stand up interview areas are. The Yastrzemska mm-hmm. Wozniacki room. Yes, <laughs> I'm perfectly put. I know exactly what room that is <laughs> because it's a that exact space. And out the window in the back, you can see Rod Laver Arena. You know, with Rod Laver Arena on the top and whatever. Yeah. And so we're doing the interview, and it's it's right over Judy Dalton's shoulder, so it's clear where we are. We are at Melbourne Park. You know, like at the Australian Open at TA headquarters. And TA headquarters, like almost. Yeah, I mean it's tennis in the building. Tennis yeah. HQ. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she's just going off about like Tennis Australia banning her and like they didn't like that very much and they were like misogynists and they were da 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 and you know I got my sponsors stripped and Carrie did as well and and it sounds like the women are very were very kind of not protective but they they the way they talk about Carrie Melville Reed is very kind of like she risked like she was so young and she risked everything and so um yeah so the Judy Dalton episode's out there's also going to be a Rosie Casals episode coming out hopefully this week or next week 
and more as, as um, you know, Julie Heldman and Valerie Ziegenfuss and um, hopefully, fingers crossed, getting uh, Peaches and Nancy down the road. But um, but yeah, but in addition to all that, really do want to plug because I think they did a really good job is Tennis Channel. They did. Yeah, th- they are doing a 10 part series over the week about the original nine. And they went and they interviewed every single one of these women, which not easy during a pandemic. But they no. did it, and which is great because one of the things that you mentioned, Ben, that has really been a, a stressor for me, and I know for you as well as somebody who's, you know, kind of doing women's tennis history stuff, these are the women, and they are they were the founders, and there's going to come a point where they're not with us anymore. And I've been yeah. really, really stressed out and talking to many different people's International Tennis Hall of Fame, ITF, like anybody, like, can we get, vi- like, we need to sit them down and get the whole shebang. Because the history of women's tennis is, at this point, you know, oral history. It's passed down from generation to generation, you know, and and then obviously you have the contemporaneous reporting on it. But I don't think anybody really understood the significance of it when it was being reported. So that becomes a little bit skewed. And so, yeah, so I'm really, really happy that that Tennis Channel was able to to put that together. And their pieces have been really, really great. And I think they, they do capture the uniqueness of each one of the the original nine plus Gladys and why, I mean, you, you'll hear it a lot in the WT Insider podcast because it has been kind of my, the thing that's very much distilled throughout this project for me, which is that like every single one of these women was born for this moment. And if one of them isn't there, it doesn't necessarily work. And yeah, they are, they are very inspirational women for sure. And they have lessons still to this day to teach to the kids. Cause at the end of the interviews, I'm always like, is there anything you want the, the next generation of people to know? thoughts <laughs> I, I i let them go gladys heldman style and they have they have some 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 knowledge to impart and i think we should all listen well we're happy to impart the knowledge uh, like i said on our next episode of 11 percent of the original nine one ninth of the original nine christy pigeon Courtney, thank you for coming on here and helping to set this up and hopefully people uh check out your work do again doing our part to in this very literally oral podcast medium to preserve this history best we can uh, we'll have links to the other things in the description below and stay tuned later this week for what I believe will be episode, I guess, 275B in our dumb numbering system, uh, Christy Pigeon of the Original Nine. Bye, folks. Bye-bye. Oh, and I should thank our Patreon people also while I'm here because I get thanked every episode. Patreon Slam Champ backers, Liz Cannell, Jonathan Weinbaum, Mary Carrillo, Chuang Nguyen, Betty, Audrey Welland, Sean Mulroy, Joseph Hart, Susanna W., and Antonio Maycumber, and Leah Williams. Thank you to all those Slam Champ backers and to our GOAT backers, Mike, Charles Cena, and J.O.D., also, if you want to become a backer, please do so at patreon.com slash no challenge remaining. I believe no new backers since we last recorded. If I'm wrong about that, I apologize. I'll catch you next time. But I don't think we have any new ones. Yeah. Get excited for Christy. And we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. I'll let you think twice. I don't want to cause any pressure. But if you ask yourself why. Lo que fue, se no te la